This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. It's Chidge, Stanford Chidge. It's Friday. It means it's the preview show at approximately 7pm. Quite early for us tonight, I think. Don't know why. JK, how are you? Oh, good, thank you. Lovely to be on the show. You're looking looking a bit Potter-esque tonight. I've got my black top on. It's not a turtleneck, but it's a... It's a, a long sleeve t shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Normally we get a Chelsea related t shirt, but we've got a Potter t shirt. I've got one underneath. I've got a Reese one underneath. Have you? Oh, yeah. There we I've go. Got it. He's one of our own. Yeah, I'll show it to you. Look, I've got a, I've got, he's one of our own. There, you see. That's it there. Very nice, too. Very nice, too. And uh, uh, JK, I mean, you know, interesting week. Lots to talk about tonight, obviously. But before we get into all of that, who have we got on the show tonight? Uh, well, it's just you and me tonight, unfortunately. No, it's not. No, it's get not. Else on, so you'll, you'll uh, get everybody to turn off, mate. Well, they wouldn't turn off, would they, if it was just you and well, me? I don't know. We should try it one day and see, shouldn't we? Okay, okay. Well, um, we've got uh, well, somebody we haven't had on for some mm. time. I don't know why, and I'd like to know. Hey, come on, you've got to explain who it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. Who is it going to be? And uh, um, uh, involved in went to Moking's Meadow and. Uh, is as uh, uh, um, I enjoy your exchanges on Twitter, Dane. It is, of course, the excellent man who handles the Instagram accounts. It's Dane Riddle. Yeah, Dane. Then, long time, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I think it's it's we're into the third month. Uh, I think last time was July, late July. Yeah, yeah. Lots, lots gone on. Big holiday. A couple of You've been to the states, haven't you? Yeah, went to LA for, mm. for two weeks. Uh, did a couple of weekend UK breaks. Moved house. Yeah, lots going on. And then w- once I moved house, a terrible time with with broadband, with Sky, and God knows what they was doing. I changed like my Sky package, and I think it mucked up everything that was going on. So didn't have broadband for about the first three and a half weeks of, of being here, which was 
which was a pain, but slowly getting back into things. I did my my first went smoking's meadow uh, podcast in a while, a week or so back, and then was 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 nicely uh, invited by Dean to start writing for their fanzine, mm. uh, which Great. which 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 surprised myself because you know you have things in your head, and once you start writing, you you, you can't stop it. It amazed me, so I had to cut down some words and really enjoyed that. Yeah, but it's nice to be back to. My original bread and butter and and see yourself and and jk and and share the screen with adam as well mm, indeed no, no. Sure you're giving the game away no, Dave. he's allowed to he's no allowed. no let's just 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 go kind of like you know those kind of wavy lines they put on tv where you go back in time i'm just imagine i'm doing one of those now jk who else have we got in the show today uh no, no one no one else on no no, no. oh all right then um <laughs> Football.London's uh, excellent reporter, um, man really at the nub of everything to do with Chelsea. Always a joy to listen to him on the show. It is, of course, the excellent Adam Newsom. Thank you very much, JK, as always. Thank you, Adam, considering uh, I, I was so disorganised this week that I only asked you today and you were very lovely of you to say, yes, I can do it. So much appreciated and sorry for the late notice. It's been a bit of a week, I have to say, but there you go. Um, right, quick heads up on the old menu tonight. Obviously, we're going to talk about uh, Chelsea's match against AC Milan uh, from uh, Tuesday night. A uh, little bit of a catch up on the Chelsea news, but but you know, did did Potter say anything interesting in the press conference? It's always a good place to start. I mean, I remember when, when uh, the lovely Aaron, when we used to do this on Love Sport Radio, used to say, "What was Potter's vibe today?" Now I think we've changed that to, "Did Potter say anything interesting from now on?" But there you go. Much much as I love him. Uh, um, part two. There'll be three parts tonight because part two, we've got our, our our lovely old mate Justin Hawthorne from Up the Villa. Uh, he'll be coming on to do Opposition View, uh, and we like him. Not least because he likes cricket, which makes him all right in my book. And part three, uh, we are going to do our own little quick preview of the Aston Villa-Chelsea game. So there you go. So lots to cram in tonight. Uh, and as I said, we're going to kick it off with the match against AC Milan. I have to say, um, Adam, I thought it was um, an excellent win because we were talking about it on uh, on Monday, saying, quite frankly, chaps, you do have to win this match because... You cocked it up in the previous of the first two matches, so we had to win, and they did. And I, but more to the point, I mean, you know, it's an old adage, isn't it, when you get somebody sent off? But uh, you know, it was I thought it was a really mature performance in a, in a difficult place to play. You know, the the the, uh, the, the uh, Milan fans are pretty raucous; they were leaping all over the place trying to get people sent off. And I thought it was a really mature performance, not least actually by Potter who can't have experienced many situations and occasions like that before. And I thought he did well. Yeah, it was a good night for a lot of people. Um, I have to say, it was my first visit to San Siro. And the atmosphere pre-match was absolutely incredible. Um, by the time kickoff came round, it felt as if it was a quarterfinal, semi-final match. Um, so, it, yeah, just being in that hostile environment really did play it up and you know that goes into Chelsea needing to keep level heads and, and Milan started quickly I thought um, as you say Chelsea then got you know found their composure and took control and, and you had the red card of course changed the course of it um, the referee was <laughs> a bit all over the place throughout the whole night but but once um, once Chelsea obviously went ahead and Fikaya Tamori went off 
I never really felt there was any threat. Um, I know Ali Giroud had one header, but other than that, Chelsea didn't give them anything, got the second goal, and from then on really coasted. Um, and there is a level of maturity there, as you say. You don't know how much of it, I guess, maybe a part of muscle memory, just because Chelsea in the Champions League under Tuchel were very, very difficult to beat. Um, so maybe there is an element of that kicking in as well. Um, but for Graham Potter, you know, to get two wins over Milan in the space of a week, is, I'm sure, very good for him in terms of feeling that he belongs at this level. Um, and, you know, tactically, he's got both games right. And, you know, as you, as you were sort of joking earlier, you know, Graham Potter is maybe not the most charismatic man in a press conference room. Mm. But if he's going to let his football do the talking, he's Can't doing that fairly that. well so far. Can't argue with that, can we? That's all, really, all we really require. Um, and I, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not being, you know, kind of deliberately rude about Potter, but you know me, if I can see something, I'm going to point it out. Uh, JK, um, I mean, I know, I know how much you loved it because I, I hope like everybody else, that, you know, I saw your fan bite, which was just brilliant as always. If I was to pick out one thing that's pleasing me for a, a plethora of reasons, as you can imagine, it's, yeah. the, it's the fact that Mason Mount is... Uh, is 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 clearly coming you know you, i love it actually i love it when we're right about stuff you know i really do because it doesn't happen very often obviously but we've been saying form is temporary class is permanent he'll yeah. be all right and look at him he's almost back to his best i'd say he looks to be essential actually potter loves him too doesn't he absolutely. but he, he's 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 rising to the uh he's thriving on on, on the the um uh, the encouragement that Potter's giving him. Apparently, I, I didn't realise he he played very much on the left hand side in the uh, in the game at Stamford Bridge, and he pushed him across to the right uh, because Hernandez was playing, who was the um, the French fullback who's, who wasn't playing in the first game. He was actually pretty good, just to try and put pressure on him because of his um, buzzing about. But you can always tell actually when when Mace is at his best. He did one of those fantastic shielding the ball and then moving away from the opponent, which gave him a uh, an absolute perfect shot on goal just in about three quarters of the way through, uh, uh, three quarters of the way through the half because he was only on for a half. Essentially, Still got, got man of the match, though, match, weirdly, man didn't he? Man of the match being yeah. in the half. But he was absolutely excellent. I thought Connor came on and did pretty well. It was a very different circumstance in the second half because they were completely, well, they shot their bolt, as it were. They'd run around like blue-assed flies for the first half. Um, and also rolled around like it as well. I mean, the cheating bastards, it was absolutely appalling for the first half, wasn't it? I mean, the most every single tackle was greeted with a, a, a fall and a roll and a demand for a yellow card, which on several instances, the referee obliged, of course, because he was absolutely bizarre. So I'd, they were they were sort of hoist by their own petard, really, weren't they? Because the, the penalty was given. You thought, well, yeah, um, he's, he's just been completely consistent. Yeah, it was indeed. Do, do, you think it, do you think it was a pen? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Completely. And if he gave the pen, he had to, and he hadn't, and he got a shot in on goal, he has to send him off. That's the, those are the laws. Oh, yeah, of course it was. He he was, it was, he was absolutely screwed by, by not being off the mark first, Tamori. He was, uh, and actually Tamori was mad in the first 10 minutes of the game. He kept playing left wing. They had this bizarre thing of just trying to um, uh, get as many players as possible into space. And it was frenetic. And it was their undoing for the second half. They were absolutely exhausted. So the amount of room they had just to, to very coolly put the ball about. And having said, there was still a lot of rolling and falling over. That perfect example of when Kovacic just did an absolutely fair barge and the guy went to the touchline. Everybody went berserk with trying to get him sent off. It was so awful. But... Um, you know, bizarrely, the ref, despite all his his idiocy, was 
was sort of in the second was actually in control of it. It just you knew where you were. Any kind of contact, he was going to give a yellow card. And they, I think, I don't know how many, how many did they get? They got six yellow cards, didn't they? How many did we get? Three Can't or remember. something. Come on, but it was, it was. I think it ended up at eleven. So. Eleven, yeah. eleven, and all. So we had five. Yeah. Yeah, five. Yeah, but it was. It, but it so was, at least at least Milan won on yellow cards. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one on that. Um, but I, yeah, it was a wonderfully mature performance. But I, I don't say I can't honestly say that's much down to Potter. I think, as you say, Adam, that's a, that's a, the way they've played in the Champions League. But they they looked um, uh, they looked very mature and very very at it. I thought Abamyang took his goal wonderfully, and uh, and he's a he's a proper player, Abamyang, proper striker, three and three. He's just yeah. you know that one moment you get the opportunity to do so. And I, I was. All in all, there should have been a few more goals scored because we were in positions to do so. I thought the defence did very well. Koulibaly did very well and he had a lot to prove because he's playing, you know, in the same league he played and he delivering those fantastic 40-yard passes that Rudiger used to do. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and Thiago was immaculate as always. Um, it was just, a, it was a terrific performance. It was. Really, I, really. I mean, a mature, it, it, was, it, looked like, it looked like watching Chelsea in Europe under Tuchel. And I think, yeah. frankly, yeah. you know, uh, with all due respect, you couldn't really give much better praise to to Potter than that because you've got to remember he's only had a you know scant experience at it. So, uh, Dane, 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 what did you to win? All right, all right. Well, well, sorry, mate. What did you want to say? No, I was just going to say to win both games against Milan was absolutely outstanding. I know it was, wasn't it? Actually, I mean, I don't know about you. I'll I'll ask Dane this, and you come come back, J.K. If you want, because I think I think it's interesting in 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 terms of what Sheridan was saying the other week, and actually on that point, I, Sheridan did predict all of this, didn't he? That they, you know, that the, the Italian football's hard to watch because the whistle's going all the time, and for exactly the reasons that we saw on yeah. Tuesday. Um, but Dane, um, it's interesting, isn't it? You know. Under norm, under you know, for all of our memories here, you, me, Adam, and J.K. Exactly what J.K. said: two wins in a week against Milan, you'd be going, "That's pretty bloody marvelous," you know. That's really, really good. And yet, the back of my mind, the, you know, Milan are not the side that we we grew up with by a long chalk. Italian football is clearly way behind the Premier League in terms of quality. And then, of course, you have to factor in that we were playing against ten men. Now, I know that. You know, that's not always easy. And I thought that they did it really, really well. They did exactly what you have to do. They kept the ball, basically. Um, so it seems to me a bit churlish to say they were mitigating circumstances. But Milan aren't very good. And we were playing against 10 men. It's a fair point, isn't it, Dane? Yeah, yes, it is. You've still got to deal with the circumstances yeah. when they're when they're put in front of you. And we, we've all watched enough football to see... Uh, some really good performances from 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 ten men, you know, and and including Italian teams who who are tactically usually quite astute, and they would be very good at closing gaps and and and, and closing positions down, scanning certain areas. But the thing is, they had to chase the game because they were one 0 down, they were ten men down, so they couldn't be as 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 strict as usual. Uh, it, yeah, it is impressive, you know. It is hard because, again, you know. It's early, early on days in, in in Potter's Potter's control, and usually a reaction to their actions with our blue tinted glasses is an overreaction. That's not too many actions I've got out then, and you can get carried away. We've seen it with with, with, with transfers, we've seen it with managers, and you know you get you get that new that new feeling and that new buzz and new spring in the step and a couple of different ideas. I, uh, I, I you notice the switch of play a lot more is going on under 
Potter, the ball movement is a lot faster. I thought he was quite fast in the early days of Potter up and up and up until the Champions League win and and in going into the following season. Uh, I thought the game management when 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 uh, when we they had a ten minute we was one nil two nil in that second half was, was was really good. We controlled the ball really well and it is it is really impressive. Uh, early on, you know, I didn't I didn't get a feeling for Potter early on. I I I suppose I was I was confused a little bit with the Tuchel sacking. I was wondering who who would come in. All I was hearing was him and Pochettino, and I wasn't feeling either of them really. And and obviously. Like like you all, I have to gladly get proved wrong, and and at the moment I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm quite impressed. Good, I think we are all beginning to. Um, Adam, uh, JK alluded to uh, to Aubameyang's goal, and uh, you know without kind of like dropping you know name dropping until I speak I spoke to Kerry today, who, who whenever I do speak to him, you know will tend to talk about strikers, unsurprisingly. Um, and he's usually pretty scathing about most of them, I have to say. <laughs> but um, he was actually very praiseworthy of Aubameyang, um, and quite rightly so, because um, I think we were both saying, and we we said on the show, didn't we, JK, the other 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 week, proper striker's goals he's scoring. Another proper striker's goal. Took it first time, took it off Sterling's toes. I want to see my number nine do that. We may have lucked out here, I think. Do you think? Yeah, I think Arsenal's... Uh... Or Mikel Arteta's inability to to handle Aubameyang has, you know, helped Chelsea via his stint in Barcelona. Um, I think for me, what the most interesting thing, or the most promising thing, I guess, for Aubameyang is the difference in all three of his goals so far. Um, obviously, at Palace, you had that instinctive turn and finish. Uh, at Milan and home, it was a sort of tapping from six yards, and his goal in Milan was one of very very smart movement and anticipation basically ahead of everyone else and then once he got to the ball you never really expected him to do anything else than finish it in the corner um so yes he may not do all the link up stuff like Havertz may do he may not drop as deep um although I think he's shown a little bit that he can do that um but I don't think that's his game what he's going to do is what not a lot of players wearing the number nine shirt for Chelsea have done over the last 15 years and that's score goals um so yeah, it's it's going to prove a smart pickup, I think. And given his age, you know, he is thirty three, so I don't think he is going to expect to play every single game, especially with the schedule Chelsea have got. And going forward, you wouldn't think he's at an age where, if Armando Breuer keeps developing as as we all hope, that he then block Breuer's path as well. So yeah, Chelsea. But then Chelsea do have a habit of picking up these less expensive strikers, and they actually being very good as opposed to the guys that we spend 50 million on. Yeah, that's a good point. JK, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure you're going to say yes, yes, and then yes again, because you and I whinny on most weeks, don't we, about Chelsea's singular or Chelsea players' singular inability to, to basically hit the ball early, to hit it first time when they're having a shot. Yeah. And yeah. We, we know Mount can do it. It's just that he's yeah. off, his radar's off. I, I, was, I was just so fucking ecstatic to see a, a Chelsea striker hit it first time and take it off Sterling's toes I have to also add but well, Sterling would have taken two touches to oh, miss and then passed it somewhere else yeah yeah you know but it was I, I just loved that that's that's what we want isn't it well you you need once again you know I quoted Jimmy Greaves at you before but that's yeah. exactly what he did he wouldn't do much and then just get the ball in the penalty area and there yeah. would be in the top right hand yeah. corner yeah. and, and it, you, it's what you 
you you can almost forgive anything. But I think he does a lot of running. He runs a lot. He puts a lot of pressure on. He had that volley, didn't he, which um, somebody else shot. I can't remember who it was. Was it uh, uh, Mount shot and the goalkeeper saved it? And he had a really instinctive volley that the goalkeeper saved again. Um, so he he's, you know, he, his, his, his skills are very honed about getting the ball on target and doing it doing its first time. And we're, we're just so not used to seeing that because it's not what Havertz does. Well, when Havertz does do it, he tends to score yeah. like the volley against West Ham. You know, you thought, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've got an opportunity. I just, um, he's a very different player to Havertz and uh, Havertz isn't supposed to be a striker. I'm not quite sure what position Havertz is supposed to be playing most of the time, but uh, um, I, I think it, it reveals all at the moment that Havertz isn't getting in. Well, I think on form, it's it's easy to see that, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, whether we're, oh, actually, I was going to quickly just pick up on what I was saying to you a minute ago, Dane, actually about um, context and everything else. You know, Milan not being very good, um, and going down to ten men, and you know, everybody was raving about Jorginho's performance, and yeah, I mean, he played well. I'm not going to take that away from him, but yet again, that's a perfect game for Jorginho he's playing against the Italian side who are going to not be you know not going to pressure people as much as they do over here and you know with 10 men they're going to have to back off which means he's going to have he's going to control the game now okay he still has to do it but you know it's a it's a difficult one isn't it isn't it or am I just being churlish again no no absolutely I uh, you know we all know his qualities you know we we we, we we, well, we think we know football, you know, we watch it enough and, and we can see that he's the type of player that when he can dictate and control a game, he usually does it really well on world-class levels. But you have, unfortunately, you have the other minuses that sometimes go with it. But you, you, I feel he needs legs around him, uh, good energy around him to protect him. And sometimes if he if he wanders too far in front of himself, he leaves a massive gap behind him and he's never catching anyone up. That's always, always the worries. You know, we, 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 we've always talked about, uh, you know, trying to build a team around certain players, but it, it seems like the managers do like him, but they don't seem to protect him that well. I don't know if there's certain players within our system who, who, who can protect Jorginho. That's just what, what happens when you pick him. That's the risk you take. But you're absolutely right with, with Italian tactics and Milan. In this instance, you know, it was a perfect game for Jorginho to dictate, uh, run the game. He played really well. Uh but you know we we, we always know you know I'm sorry if, if there's Jorginho fans listening and but obviously you know come another game he, he will get sort of run past they'll be weak in the tackle and he'll be a bit out of position and we'll we'll be we'll all be baying for that desperation for that defensive midfielder that we're we're craving for. No, he did all right against Milan and that's all that matters. And actually, what all, all that matters, Adam, is that we are top of the group. Who knew? You know. Bottom last week, top this week. But I mean, we, I mean, you know, look, we, we, nothing's ever certain in life. That I do know. But uh, I mean, certainly if we beat Salzburg or Zagreb, we're home and hosed, aren't we? And I would imagine to finish top of the group, which I know we can debate about whether that's, you know, a good thing or not, because it, it, it's sometimes finishing second, but it can be more helpful. But um, it's it's good to see the turnaround and it looks as though we're going to be get qualifying for for the next round, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, I'm sure Graham Potter and his coaching team will want Chelsea to get it done as soon as possible. I think if they win in Salzburg, then they mathematically top the group. They can't be caught. And that would be probably very beneficial given the fixture list Chelsea still have to contend with. 
that they would then go into the Zagreb game without anything riding on it from their perspective and then they could rotate. So, yeah, I'm sure they will take that game very seriously. They'll want to get it all sewn up. Um, but to be in this position after four matches, given Chelsea were bottom after two matches, is is quite the turnaround. And, yeah, as I said earlier, just for Graham Potter, I think the two wins over Milan are really important, just as from his own sense of belonging in the Champions League, um, feeling that he is capable of of being a Chelsea head coach at the top level. Um, and then now it's just interesting to see how he'll take it on once, and if, you know, if, I guess, and once Chelsea get through to the knockout stages, if we get another one of the big boys. Indeed. Uh, now that kind of seg- almost segues on to, to, to the news today and the presser in particular. But one thing I I did miss out um, on was uh, what happened to Reese James, which was the one blot on the on the game, really, because he we knew he got injured. He got taken off injured, although we thought he, he wasn't too bad. But at the presser today, Adam, they, they kind of revealed some rather, well, bad news in the least. But the, I know he's seeing a specialist. There's clearly something up with his knee. And they're talking about him missing the World Cup for England. Not that I give two shits about that. But I do for him because he'd seriously want to be there. But of course, more importantly, we're now going to be without him. And I'm having a horrible deja vu moments back to last season when it all fell apart when we lost Chilwell and then James. So it's not good news, is it? No, it's not. And it's not come entirely out of the blue because obviously we all, we all saw him go off against Milan. But the early indications were that it wasn't too bad. Um, and, you know, he stayed in Milan on the Wednesday, came back uh, via EasyJet on Wednesday night. Um, and yeah, underwent further tests yesterday, uh, which was Thursday. And uh, obviously, yeah, that's shown up something which um, which they're concerned about. And, and you know, from what I understand, the, the plan is to see a specialist tomorrow. And then the decision will be taken as to whether or not he needs surgery on his knee. Um, either way, I think he'll be out for a little while now. Um, you know, I did the story before the press, so, which is always a risk. Um, that he was, you know, in serious uh, jeopardy of the world, of missing the World Cup now, which I mean, I think probably sounds a bit more dramatic than it maybe is because it is only five weeks away now. So it's not, it's not like it's a massive, massive injury, but it's enough maybe to to keep him out of that if if surgery is is needed. And as you say, it's a massive blow for Chelsea because Reese was. I mean, we can something we can maybe debate. I mean, Reese has probably become the most important player in this team now that Angolo Kante is uh, incapable of, well, I was going to say staying fit, of even getting fit at the moment. Um, so completely tedious today with the first person asking question after question about Kante, which he just have to, gave exactly the same reply to, which is he's seeing a consultant. Well, any idea when he'll be he'll be featuring then, possibly after the World Cup. He's, we don't know he's seeing a consultant, but are you worried about the fact we might be very injured? I don't know he's seeing a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think news has come out this evening. Um, I think David Ornstein at The Athletic has reported that uh, it's potentially going to be three months. Um, which well, Three months from now? For Kante, yes, because mm-hmm. he's had his setback. Um which you know probably brings us into the wider discussion about Kante's future. But, uh, but yeah, just on Reese. We'll see within the next, I would assume, 24 to 48 hours just how long he will be out. And that will probably depend on on this, whether or not surgery is needed. I mean, just to stick with Reese for a minute before we get into Conte. I mean, I mean, what do you think? I mean, as I said, it just makes me think of what happened last last year with Chilwell. I mean, you know, how, how badly is this going to affect it? I mean, I think you're right, Adam. I think he's, 
you know, without Kante on the pitch, he's our best player at the moment. Certainly, he's, on he's wonderful, Chich. Isn't he's he? Wonderful. Yeah, he's a wonderful. Hey, player. J.K. There's yeah. nothing like Reese James. Hey, absolutely. There is nothing like Reese James. Nothing <laughs> in the world. What yes. I will say is, it will be a, it will be a good test for Graham Potter to see how strong he is in terms of his system, because obviously under Tuchel, we knew exactly how Chelsea were going to play, what shape they were going to play, and, and and who were going to be the important players within that shape. Now, yes, losing Reese is obviously massive, and we'd rather not have that, but it will be interesting to see if Graham Potter can adapt in a far more effective way than Tuchel could. And maybe in four weeks' time, if if that's how long Reese is out for in the end, maybe in four weeks' time we're going, well, fair play to Graham Potter. You know, we've lost Reese James, but he's managed to do this, this, and this, which has helped us get through these games. So it'll be interesting to see how Potter handles it and whether or not he can actually handle it um, better than mm. Tuchel. I'm going to talk about that. Hang on, JK. I'm going to talk about that in part three, actually, because I've got an idea. But I'm saying not about it right now. Sorry, JK. I just wanted to get that because point. I know that this, this and this that you said is exactly what we're going to be debating in part Oh, three. no, you were going to say exactly <laughs> the same thing. There you go. Good, great minds and all of that. Um, listen, let's move on to Conte. I've got a couple of things to wrap up the part, really, uh, Adam. Uh, his contract's up, as we know, at the, at the end of the uh, season. He can talk to other people in January, as we all know. Uh, and it pains me to say this, but the, there are, I think there are now real questions around should we actually be renewing it? Because if he's not fit enough to be on the pitch, then, you know, it's it's, it's bloody obvious, really, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it? Or is it? Because it's Conte, isn't it? You know, this is the thing. It is Conte, and I, I completely understand that line of thinking because when he's fit and when he's at his best, he can win matches on his own and can take you to European Cups. Um, but we're not even, as I said a minute ago, we're not even talking about Kante staying fit at the moment. Mm. We're talking about him getting fit and it doesn't even seem he can do that right now. Um, you know, he's played, well, what, one and 60 minutes, one and 70 minutes of another game this season. Um, and he is one of Chelsea's top earners and I just don't think that's feasible for a guy that you cannot rely on week in, week out. Um, Chelsea have offered you know i think it's two years uh to him and that wasn't accepted he's hoping for a longer deal not potentially that unsurprising given someone like Koulibaly was offered four you, you can understand why if you're Conte you'd be looking at that going well i've done this and this for the club so surely i'm worth investing in as well um but it really does leave a problem for chelsea i don't think there is a, a right answer but my personal opinion is it's probably better at this stage to it's, well, first and foremost, just wait, wait until second half of next the season, and and see if he can get back to any sort of level and fitness, um, and then make a decision near the end of the season. If in that time he gets an offer from Real Madrid or PSG, then that's the risk you take. But I think it's probably one that's worth taking at this point. Well, indeed, um, J.K., what do you think? Should we should we let him go? Um, it's a question of whether. You know, perhaps if he he plays five games and then collapses again, but those five games win us a trophy. You yeah. know, it's, it's he's such an exceptional player is. that uh, they've got. It's it's a very going to be a very difficult decision. But if the club, if the team is playing without him and he's got worked something out, is what you were saying. This, this, and this, Adam. If if he puts makes three, gets people playing right back and, and um, properly. 
and the, the team isn't affected much, the system still works, um, it may be down to Potter saying, I don't actually need him. I can make this work without him. And they go, yes, he's such a liability. He's also, I don't know what the, what does he get? 300,000 a week or something more than that. They could be putting that money to, to, uh, to better use. Yeah. It's Jude Bellingham. It, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's. Oop, did I say that? That was a Freudian slip. <laughs> no, you, you didn't. You you didn't. You burp. I, thought I you think burped. I, I think I revealed my inner dialogue rather oh, just no, injudiciously. Chelsea, we know Chelsea looking at midfield for next yeah, summer exactly. already, and exactly. Bellingham is name, and Rice, you know, is still around, and yeah, yeah. I, I like the look of Bellingham. Dane, just to wrap the part up, uh, what, what what say you? Do we do we? I think I mean my own personal view before before I do that is I, I'm kind of Adam is so sensible it's almost impossible to di- disagree with him. But you know <laughs> y- because you kind of do need to see if they can. I mean you know he is so good that you do need to see if there's a possibility. And if somebody comes in in the meantime, then maybe that answers the question for you, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, he, we, you know, every time there's been a couple of murmurs over the last two seasons, you know, that, you know, he's, 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 his stock is waning a little bit and they need to produce some absolute stellar 10 out of 10 performances. So we know he's got it in him, exactly like JK said, you know, he could like play five games in, in, in a row uh, and, and do five amazing performances and we win a trophy. But what you also might get either side of those five games is, 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 is big injuries, which seem to be catching up of him in his career. I don't know how true it is but I read somewhere recently that it's got something to do with he was a late developer in football and uh, so he missed out on a lot so his body is it's not in a certain way that other 31 year olds should be but yeah if they can agree on a, a on a two-year deal then I'd, I'd be quite happy to keep him but as Adam said if we're looking at midfielders uh, and if you think what we have there now if we was to give Conte a new contract uh, fairly stocked if we were to get two more in the summer rumoured to I doubt would I, I can't see us getting both it'd, it'd be quite minor miracle because may trying to go all out for one then we'd be quite stopped in that area and people have to miss out and Why wouldn't they we, we can't hope that Kante gets injured so others can play I think they'll buy buy as many players as they want I don't think there's any all that's holding them back is the uh, the teams not wanting to sell them or, or choosing silly prices but I don't think that would affect them I, I, I'm, I keep going on about this you know Lakers and LA Dodgers they play some pay some of the players at LA Dodgers two hundred and forty million dollars. Yeah, a lot of his bonus. Yeah, so you think they'd go after both Rice and Bellingham then? Why not? Yeah. I, I have absolute. I, I'm completely convinced that no. they will just buy everybody and anybody that they can. We 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 will see that in the fullness of time. I mean, the other thing to throw in that mix is maybe Jorginho going as well, because of course he's, he's in a similar yeah. contract position. Yeah. But that will have to wait for another day because we need to draw this part to a close because we've got lots to do tonight. Um, Adam, as always, it's an absolute delight, as JK was saying. We love hearing your very reasoned, and unlike our unreasonable views, your very reasoned <laughs> views. And it's, a, it's we're privileged to have you on as regularly as we do. Um, enjoy uh, you going up to the villa, are yeah, you now? Good man, good man. Well, have a, have a safe trip up there. Enjoy the match. And no doubt we'll see you again soon, but thank you. Definitely. Take care, guys. See you soon. Lovely stuff. There you go. The wonderful Adam Newson. From football uh, dot London, uh, joining us to tell us uh, stuff that we don't know much about and make us uh, look the, like the neophytes that we really are. But there you go. We'll be back in part two, and we'll be uh, welcoming back our old friend Justin Hawthorn, Hawthorne, even from up the villa. See you in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. 
cmcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper chels. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the uh, the Friday night preview show. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. And as ever, the, uh, uh, well, you know, the slightly sinister looking JK tonight. He's looking like the, the milk tray advert. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. The lady loves me. Yes, indeed. It's good to see you all. Been you well? Fantastic. Thanks. Good Love stuff. to be on the show. Thanks. Mate. Good stuff. Yeah. Now, we've also got the brilliant Dame Whittle, who we've not seen for far too long. Really lovely to have you back on the show, Dame. Thank you. Evening, everyone. There we go. Now, uh, of course, we don't have this on every week because basically I'm too flaming lazy. Uh, so it really helps when the person that we have on the show actually bothered to email me to remind me that actually we were playing his team <laughs> and he'd very much like to come on. And it's now time for this. The Opposition View. That's right. The absolutely wonderful Justin Hawthorne from Up the Villa. JK, sorry, Justin, you were about to say something, weren't you? No, no, no. no, no. He actually sent me a message. He sent you. Well, he emailed me too. Did you send us all a message, Justin? uh, uh, No. Give you all a a kick. Lovely. There you go. (laughs) This is what I call efficiency. We need, we need, you know, Justin, I'll tell you what, can you moonlight and present the Chelsea fan cast as well as doing up the villa? Because no clearly problem. the current incumbent couldn't organise a wank in a brothel, frankly. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, Justin, it's really lovely to see you back. I mean, honestly, mate, because I'm so glad you did get in touch because we, I mean, JK will, will, will absolutely validate this. We, we love having you on. That's very kind of you. I love being on. I there think the first time I came on, it was a, a real breath of fresh air. Nice to chat with like-minded football mm. fans. There you go. It's great stuff. Now, um, 
since we last had you on the show, a, a lot of things have been having at our respective, <laughs> uh, you know, beloved clubs. I mean, obviously, we, we've lost Tuchel, bloody Champions League winning manager. We've also been taken over by the Yanks. It's all been completely batshit at, at Chelsea. Frankly, it always is. So there's nothing new with that. Um, but, I mean, you know, Villa Villa's bit, a bit rocky at the moment, isn't it? You know, I mean, Stevie G's getting a bit of a hard time. Um Results haven't been particularly good recently. So what, what's gone wrong, if in fact anything has gone wrong under Stevie G? Um, I don't think it's what's gone wrong. I just don't think it's gone right yet for him. I think right. that's the biggest problem. He came in and um, we, we fired Dean Smith because, as Christian Persler, as you know, Christian Persler uh, mm. very well, yeah. um, decided that we wasn't progressing uh, enough or quickly enough or at all. So he fired Dean Smith um, and then uh, I think it's pretty much well thought of within the fan base that it's a Christian Perslow uh, appointment, the Stephen Gerrard appointment from his days at Liverpool. Uh, I think I think he sort of persuaded the owners to go that way. Uh, and he was brought in under the, uh, the idea that it, this continual improvement would be the mantra for his reign at Villa. And after an initial... I want to be generous and say three or four game um, upturn. It's been pretty dismal ever since, really. I think the end of last season was a disappointment. And then through to this season, we had a reasonable close season. We signed a couple of really nice players very, very early on in the window in the summer with Diego Carlos from from Seville. We had high hopes for him and and an excellent signing of Bubakar Kamara and a free. Uh, who's one of the you know real up and coming midfield talents? I was you know really surprised we we got him ahead of a lot of Champions League clubs. were after him to to fill our number six role, which has been a real problem for Villa for a long time. So we went into the season a decent pre season tour of Australia and really hopeful of the, you know to kick off the season. And as Villa do, we started off with a trip to Bournemouth, which I thought was a, a nice little start for us. And, and we got beat 2-0 pretty comfortably, really, on the day. And ever since then, we haven't really got going. Um, we've had the odd half-decent result. I think the standout one for me was the the one-all home draw against Man City, where I, I equate that, to be honest, to, to very much how I feel about going into your game on Sunday. You know, we, we're all pretty much consigned ourselves to, to a pretty big defeat um, and somehow some way we, we played very well that night and, and after going 1-0 down to the, the usual Harlan goal um, managed to get back to one all and maybe could have nicked it at the end with mm. a bit of luck so Justin, what, since, what was the on. difference what was the difference in, in did they just go up a level against City or, or... Um, I think it had a lot of the defensive side of the game was struggling early in the season and he had a lot of stick for that um, and he decided to go and, and try and shore up the back line a bit and and if anything now it's gone a little bit too far that way we haven't really then we haven't really seen anything from the forward players which is our biggest problem now we look defensively pretty good uh, even with the two sort of defensive players that that came in our two major sidings have, have since become injured long term so we're basically back to our well, basically the team from last season now. Um, so, yeah, I, and then ever since that game, the Man City one-all draw, we've we've stumbled, really. We're, we had a very unconvincing 1-0 home win to Southampton, which was pretty poor in, but we got over the line. I'd always accept a win, however it looks. And then went to Leeds two weeks ago and, 
and were poor. And then they went down to 10 men with 40 minutes to go and we just couldn't break them down, which was incredibly frustrating. We had, I think, 30-odd shots. Uh, that was going to be then, my, other, my other point was the few I've watched all the highlights, obviously. It's, it's just Watkins, who I think is a very good player, has just been been has been off. You know, he just he he he's been taking too many touches. He's just been he's he's been he's got the Chelsea disease. He's got he's got the yeah. disease. He's not he's not as as instinctive as he was last year with first time into the corner stuff like that. Or he's missing. You know, and I wonder whether this is just a you know a, a blip for him. And also, I'm a big fan of Ings, and I don't. I, don't quite understand. I think is there a battle between the two, and are they just being both shit at the moment? Is that the problem? I don't think there's a battle particularly with them. I think um, the Danny Ings signing was a very strange one. We lost Jack Grealish to City, and then almost I think it was the same day or the day after, a total which you never see anymore in the modern game. We signed Danny Ings totally out of the blue. We had there was no run up to it. There was no rumours as you normally see all over Twitter. All of a sudden, Villa put an announcement that we signed Danny Ings. Crikey. And and the initial euphoria, oh great, we signed a proven Premier League goal scorer. Afterwards, when you actually think about it, he doesn't really fit into the way we play. Um, he didn't fit into the way we play with Dean Smith. And 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 we only really play with one up front with with um with Steven Gerrard as well. So he hasn't really and he had a few injuries last season. Um, we had Stephen Ward on the Republic of Ireland left back or now quite well on our podcast priest just before the end of the season. And he was telling us he's good friends with um, Danny Ings from his time at Burnley. And he said he couldn't wait to get into the summer, into the train, you know, pre-season, have a good pre-season behind him when he's buzzing for the new season. But again, it's been very stop-start. He, he seems to fa- Gerard seems to favour Watkins, but he's not. He's just not returning the the faith with with goals. He's finishing. I've got to be honest, he's pretty poor for a player that's represented England. You know, the amount of, uh, two weeks ago, I think at, at Leeds, he had three or four one on ones, and he's just he's incapable of lifting the ball over the goalkeeper. He's, he just goes. He's very hot and cold, Justin. I think he always has been. He's, you know, I think he's very cold and cold. Well, if I'm, yeah, if I'm being moment, brutally yeah, honest, at the moment. But I mean, you know, when he scores a goal, it tends to be a really good one or a proper striker's goal. You know, like six yards banging in. <laughs> He's capable you know of it, but he just can't do it consistently, I don't think. It's, this is why I love coming on these podcasts, especially other fans' podcasts. It's very interesting to hear the perceptions of our players from mm. other from other clubs. Because you you watch us like I watch Chelsea. Mm. You know, if you're on the telly and you've got nothing to do, you'll you'll watch the game, won't you? Yeah. So you get an idea of players and, and you go off the names. Um but Ollie Watkins <sighs> I think he flatters to deceive a lot and, and it's such a shame because he's got all the attributes to be a top, top player. Um, his best spell at Villa was when we had Jack uh, in our promotion season after we got up and and, and him and, and Jack Grealish were down that left-hand side and we were, they were brilliant together. I mean, we destroyed Liverpool 7-1 mm. at home one night and him... Yeah, I enjoyed that hat-trick. one. Yeah, I bet <laughs> he did, yeah. He, he scored a hat-trick in the first half, Jack got two and... And he was he was brilliant. He got a couple away at Arsenal playing that sort of inside left mm-hmm. channel, and um, it looked like he was going to you know be a real predator, Premier League predator. And unfortunately for him, he just hasn't been able to replicate that kind of form. And 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 Gerard is just sticking with him and sticking with him and sticking with him. And and you've got Daddy Ings there on the bench. It doesn't seem to be getting much of a. St- he gets the odd time off the bench, but he doesn't get a start. You know, I'd have, I would have started Daddy Ings two or three games ago if it had been up to me, but. Obviously, I'm not the manager. What <laughs> unfortunately. about? Sorry, J.K. Go on, go. On. I was just going to say. I think that that's the point. Is you see, I saw Watkins playing fantastically. So as a fan, it's not the team you support. Obviously, you just think 
He's a good player. Mm. I like that. He scored some very good goals, you know, and you're appreciative of them as a player. Of course, yeah, yeah. Because you're not watching them all the time like you do. Yeah. You, you, you get much more of, a, of an overview of what re the reality is happening. It's just the fact I've seen him score some very good goals. And when I've yeah. seen him miss, miss fire, I then think, oh, he's taking another touch. Perhaps he's just not informed. Yeah. But you're, you're seeing him for the whole of the season. You're thinking he's actually not doing very well, you know. So, Dane, you want to say something? Yeah, it's just interesting seeing. It's nice seeing Justin again. Luckily, I was on a podcast a, couple, a year or two ago when he was on before. Good insight to the Villa. It, it, it's, it's right, you know, he was right. Villa made some, at the time, you think some really good stellar signings. You've talked about Watkins. And the one that got me was Leon Bailey, because at one point, about three or four years ago, he's linked to us, you know, when we were sniffing around Leverkusen, 70 or 80 million. And he just doesn't seem to have kick-started with, with, with Villa. And you, you, as I said, you've made some great... At the time, you think, these are great signings, but they, none, none of them seem to have oh, kicked in. Coutinho's another one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, our squad is littered with players that you'd look at and think, "Wow, I'd love to be." You know, it, it, it looks like a dream squad to be honest. You look at if I reeled them all off: Emmy Buendia, the Championship Player of the Year, fantastic player. Arge he's played for Argentina since he's been to it was lovely to watch. Fantastic ability on the ball. Philippe uh, Coutinho, seventeen million pound, essentially for a, the third most expensive player of all time. I didn't think it was a gamble, if I'm honest. You know, I think it was. I thought it was a, a no-brainer at that kind of money. Uh, Leon Bailey, you mentioned. I was so pleased when we signed him at the start of last season, but they've all flattered to deceive for whatever reason. I think we're cursed to be honest. We sign all these players, and we just can't either get the best out of them or they don't fit into our system, which seems very muddled up thinking to be honest. But you see, I wonder if. The problem, therefore, Justin, is that's a management problem. And, you know... There we go. <laughs> you know, I, there's a lot of rumours kicking around. I know, you know, that's what pays Sky and everybody else's bills. But, I mean, how close, genuinely, do you think Gerard is to getting the sack? Uh, are any of you going on Sunday? I can't, but I suspect JK. Yeah, you go, right. JK. I, I would say, if we lose the game, which I think is a very good possibility... Listen to the crowd at the end of the game. I went to Nottingham Forest on Monday night. It was awful. Forest are awful. I think they're the worst team in this league by a country mile. And we barely laid a glove on them going forward. Um, and at the end of the game, in a, in a, in a way following of around 3,000, there was about 70 or 80 with the Gerard Hout chance. Now that started already. The actual fan base... There was um we've 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 tied Douglas Louise up today to a to a longer term deal, which is a good move for us, I think. But uh, you know, his press conference has been today, and every single I know Twitter is a toxic place anyway. But every single reply is Gerard out, Gerard out, Gerard wow. out. We ran a poll on our Twitter account for our podcast, and I think well over a thousand people voted, and it was ninety four percent out. So um, <laughs> that just tells you where the fan base are currently. And we're four unbeaten, which it sounds bizarre, doesn't it? But the problem is, he's a year into his reign. He's supposed to be continuing improvement. And the football is terrible. <laughs> the football is, there's no structure. There's no style. I, I, I'm, we're 12 months in. We've been trying to dissect the Gerard way for 12 months now on the podcast. <laughs> and we just can't work it out. We just can't work it out. He's got this, he had this bizarre way of playing where he, he plays four at the back and he wants his two fullbacks to play as wingers and then he wants his two eights to play with one six and two eights when you when Kamati Cash bombs forward you've got John McGinn sitting in covering at right back so when it breaks down the, 
the ball just bite. There's nothing in the middle of midfield because your two eights are covering your fullbacks. It's it's such a bizarre way of playing. And then he sort of he stifled that in the recent weeks, and and he's managed to 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 really make us a more harder team to beat. But by he's gone too far now, and we just can't create chances now. Even though we've got a, a plethora of really good attacking talent, it, it, nothing's happening going forward. Is McGinn still playing right back then? Is he well, McGinn's been... I mean, that's another issue. He, he stripped... I don't want to say stripped. He, he decided that McGinn, Mings wasn't his captain and, and John McGinn was going to become club captain. And I think that caused a few eruptions behind the scenes. I mean, we, we'll never be privy to what actually goes on in the training ground, but that, I don't think that went down too well. And now you've got a, a John McGinn who's just can't get any kind of form. For Scotland, he's captain of Scotland and he scores yeah. practically every game and he's phenomenal. You're watching for Scotland and every week, I'm thinking, why can't we have that McGinn at Villa? It just you seems norm- normally have that. He normally rises to the occasion. I mean, I always think that you also play... You play. You you seem to go up a level against us. There's something about I don't know against the. Yeah. There's something about the playing against Chelsea. There's always a, a, a not a friction, but McGinn in particular is always very feisty and game. Yeah, he's very combative. To be honest, I mean, I'm a, I, I I did a, a charity sleep out at Villa Park last Friday, and he came as club captain. He claimed and um, he spent a few hours with us. There was about seventy of us sleeping outside. Um, raising money for a good cause, to be honest, the Villa Foundation. And he came along and he chatted to everybody. He had pl- plenty of time talking to people. And, and I was surprised how big he was. I'm, I'm quite a big chap. I'm six foot two. And he, he's, he's he's easily level with me. And I was really surprised because he doesn't. He looks quite diminutive mm-hmm. on the pitch. He comes across about five foot six. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Honestly, if I showed you a picture, it's, it's quite it's quite weird. But um, he's just struggling under the captain. So he can't represent. This is and this is this is the problem throughout the whole of our squad. Nobody's hitting form. He's, he said this today again. Um, the, 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 our better players just aren't creating yeah. the things that they should be creating. There's a lack of form. How does how does Ashley Young creep in? I mean, Ashley Young, along with Tyra Mings, has been our player of the year this year. Really? Absolutely. Phenomenal. 37 years old. He's played right right wing, left wing, right back, left back. He's been, Every time he goes on that pitch, he's phenomenal. I mean, he's, he, he, he broke all the records in pre-season for his fitness. He's the fittest bloke in the whole squad. His attitude's brilliant. He, he, he's... He's a real shit house on the pitch. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe brilliant. Gerard should have made him captain, mate. Well, he is the club captain, actually. <laughs> he? He's the you know, when you have the club captain off the pitch, that right. kind of thing. So he's that. Um but he's been absolutely phenomenal. I mean yeah. he scored an absolute worldie at Forest on Monday night. And uh yeah, if we had eleven Ashley Youngs, we'd be fine. <laughs> but um and I was a bit sceptical of giving him another year, to be honest, at his age, but it's looking a, a fantastic thing at the moment because his experience. Well, we got Silver's yeah. very similar. Silver's thirty seven and he's you know yeah. so it's uh, obviously something. as long as they keep themselves fit and they're, and they're you know mentally they're very good and, and they're always a yard ahead because of their experience in the game then you you haven't really got a problem mm. so let's talk about the game um coming up on sunday i mean it, it's, it's kind of i always do this you know before we do the show i kind of look back at the you know in, you know in, in homage to sky really justin who of course decreed that football started in 1992 <laughs> so i i only ever go back that far but it's it, it's always quite intriguing actually and i mean you know we've played each other 27 times which is i think also shows you you know i know you got relegated but you've been in the premier league for most of the time but we've we've won 12 drawn seven and lost eight and i always often think oh you know that obviously our, our recent you know since roman turned up that's skewed the results slightly but that's not necessarily the case it's been kind of 
literally fairly evenly spread. I mean, it's going to sound like a bloody obvious thing to say, but evenly spread between wins and losses and draws, actually. But actually, the stats do bear that out. So it's not I wouldn't I wouldn't say as a Chelsea sports that this is a particular bogey place for us. But I, I, I remember us thinking that for a little period. But I'm more intrigued really as to what you think. Is it is it one of those games you think, oh no, we've got Chelsea on Sunday. Uh, you know, we have we have like Everton away is like one of those for us. We go, oh yeah. God, you know, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. And I, I still class Chelsea as one of the top four. You know, they are one of the top four teams in the country, both, you know, monetary wise, squad wise. Uh, stature-wise at the moment. So, so, you know, whenever one of those teams comes to Villa Park, you, you are a little bit apprehensive. You always hope you're going to put in a good performance. You always want to turn them over, obviously, because it's a scalp, isn't mm. it? Um, but I suppose I don't fear Chelsea like I feared Man City, but I don't think anybody does do that at the moment, Every, you know, especially with the new striking sensation up front for them. It's, uh, it's a different kettle of fish. I am concerned for Saturday Sunday. I'm hoping that we can put in a Man City type performance and that, that we can rise above. We've struggled recently with teams that sit in against us. I think Steve Cooper, you know, coming off the back of a heavy defeat to Leicester under a lot of pressure. I think he found Gerard out pretty easily. He just said, Don't press them. Keep nine men behind the ball. They can't break you down. They, they struggle to do that. The strikers are pretty impotent at the moment. So as long as you keep them at arm's length, you, you, you know they won't cause you any problems. And if we can nick something on the break, which they did from a set piece, then great. And, and they ended up nicking a point. Chelsea are different to that. They'll come to Villa Park to try and win the game like Man City did. So that could... That could actually play well, do, into do, our do hands you think, a little bit Do you think more. Gerard might set up to, to sit, de- sit deep and try and hit Chelsea on the break? No. Because Gerard has only got one way of playing, right. and that's this is his biggest problem. There is no plan B. There's a formation and there's a way of playing, and he just sticks to it week in, week out. Um, so I don't. Although he did allude to that to last week that there was a there was a, some rumours going around that we could go to three at the back, which never materialised on Monday. He sort of half hinted at that if you read between the lines that there might be a change this Sunday coming. I'd still be surprised if he doesn't go in with the same formation and style. Mm. But I think, as I say, you come into Villa Park to to just come and try and beat us with with good attacking players that you've got might turn into our favour because it will leave a bit more space in behind and our better players might not find that they're facing nine or ten players trying to break down. There might be chances of us hitting you on the break uh, with only three or four you know, mm. at the back. And with the players we do possess, whilst they're not in good form, if you give Philippe Coutinho or Danny Ings or... Ollie Watkins or Jacob Ramsey who's a good player or McGinn any kind of space and time you would hope at some point our luck will change in front of goal and we might actually score a goal at some point well you do tend to I mean there's some really weird yeah. stats that I found out actually earlier and I'm just trying to remember what they were that you, you always you seem to nearly always score a goal this season it's kind of like the, I love the flash score people they always give you a completely pointless stat how about this for a, I know JK loves my completely pointless stats <laughs> Aston Villa have conceded exactly once in five of their last six Premier League home games there you go I mean amazing that, that, that solves all the world's problems doesn't it that stat <laughs> crazy but you, you do tend to score and, and, and the reason I'm saying this Justin is because I'm going to put a tenner on Coutinho bending one in from the left-hand side into the top corner because that little well, could... bastard used to do it every time we played Liverpool when he was playing for them. Okay, well, I'll, I'll put a tenner on that as well if you think that's going to happen. <laughs> um, it won't be from a free kick, though, I can tell you that because I don't think we've gone past the wall, past really? the wall this season, let alone anywhere near the goal. Um, 
Yeah, um, this is what I'm saying. You know, he took a bit of flack this week, and we've given him a bit of flack on our podcast because he came out with after the the one of the games. This, I think it was one of the last two games that we're missing magic moments. Um, you know, the better players aren't giving us magic moments, and and it's 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 stuck in our claw a little bit that you shouldn't be relying on magic moments. Yes, if you get one, brilliant. You know, a lot of these top players in the Premier League are capable of a magic moment, but you shouldn't be sending your team out to win a game hoping you're going to get a magic moment. You should have a philosophy and a style and a and a, and a game plan in place to win the game. Mm. If you get a magic moment on the top of that, fantastic. If you're 1-0, 2-0 up and Coutinho, Ben's winning from 35 yards, absolutely brilliant. But you shouldn't send your team out to win a game hoping that's the only way you're going to win the game. That's just, for me, it's ludicrous at that level. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Okay, how do you see it going then on Sunday? <laughs> I, I think we're going to lose, if I'm brutally mm. honest. I think, I think. Um, having said that, you've got a few injuries. I mean... Well, Reese James. Got, yeah. yeah. A bit, that's a big miss of... for us, Justin. It's a big It is, miss. but you've, who, who will come in in his place then? Ask well, Luketa. we don't know, but it, it, you would have thought it would be... We don't know because, of course, this is under Potter. If it was under Tuchel, I would say Aspie will play or, or Loftus-Cheek. That was his other trick to play play a wing-back who isn't a wing-back. Well, Loftus-Cheek's getting quite a lot of minutes, isn't he, this yeah. season for a player that was bombed out not that not, long ago. Not a wing-back, though. No, of course not. Uh, no. Unless it was under Tuchel when it when he was a, played as a wing-back, which is all a bit... Uh, as, as Pellicueta Dave has only got 20 minutes in his legs. Right. <laughs> uh, out of curiosity, what, what what do you think of the Potter... The Potter appointment. We think he's a wizard. Really? <laughs> it's he's, not Harry. He's a, he's a bit dull. He's a bit dull. He's very boring, but he's doing all right, Justin. You know, I mean, to be really honest, I don't I don't want to speak on behalf of JK and, and Dane. I'm sure they got their own opinions on it. But for me, I was not massively impressed. I was very worried. I thought, oh Christ, he's gonna be completely out of his depth. This is a completely yeah. different animal from Brighton, blah, 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 blah. So I was a bit, you know, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm worried, but you know, as you well know, we've all been watching football a long time. You can't, you got to wait. You got to see what's going to happen. Yeah, and okay, it is actually early days, but you know what? I'm much more impressed than I thought I was going to be. I thought he's handled the players well. I think he's a decent bloke. He's clearly got some good ideas. He's far more flexible tactically than I mean. I know Tuchel was brilliant tactically, but Potter. I mean, you know, last week, for example, was brilliant fun, wasn't it, J.K.? Because we predict the team, the lineup every week in our bit of the preview. Uh, more we in do hope. that and we never get it right. No, nor do we, funnily enough. Exactly <laughs> that. But I tell you what, we very rarely get it as completely wrong as we did last <laughs> week. Because he pretty much, he made pretty much, I mean, he made seven changes and it was a completely different team from the one we did. And they were brilliant. So, you know, I kind of like that about him so far. Yeah? Would you Would you agree with that, JK? Oh, completely. Yeah. And also, he's made, he's, he's made um, Mason Mount play back to the way he was playing last mm. year. Yeah lost his way at the beginning of the of the season but he's using him as a kind of fulcrum he's really essential to the to the team and he's he's delivering yeah. he's buzzing everywhere he's, he's looking really skillful he just he still can't quite um he's not scoring but he's making stuff uh, he, he's creating chances and he's just integral to the, the speed that he's trying to play at he's trying to yeah all in the box more quickly and there are more players in the box for a change and also as Pella, as um as Pella, um Obama yang is is a top striker really yeah. really top man this this we were talking about that it doesn't take two touches sterling always takes two touches and you think just hit it for fuck's sake I can hit the Jesus Christ. whereas bamiyang target uh, the goalie yeah. scored against palace and if you saw it on match of the day 
top top striker's goal. Yeah, he is a top player. Facing the wrong way, top player, right to the corner. Hits the corner. You know, you go, you think you haven't been seeing him much in the game. Scores. You go, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, so, so yeah, so he's obviously done something. I mean, he'd be on the press conference today, he just said, uh, you know, we've got, we've got some, some way to go with it, but I'm happy with the way the players are responding. He's, He's just going to the training ground, and I don't think he's thinking, "Oh my goodness, I'm training Chelsea." He's just yeah, yeah. Training Took it in his stride, yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. So, um, uh, but we'll see. You know, it's it's five games in, isn't it? Let's see. It's early know. days, isn't it? It's early days, really Dane, early days. Dane, what do you reckon, mate? You got anything to add on that about about uh, Harry Potter? Sorry, Graham Potter. I did want to ask uh, Justin something separate, but no, absolutely. You can do that I, if you want. I uh, I echo exactly what you said, J.K. And I said that. Uh, sorry. And I said that early on in the show that the only two rumours uh, who was going to take over was Potter and Pochettino, and I wasn't feeling either. And I thought we was going to actually go after Pochettino, was, like the old Zidane sort of... as well. Dane Zidane came into the, into. The... Oh, did he? Yeah, and I wasn't feeling either. But I'm, you know, I was, I was, I was ready to be ready to be won over, quite, quite open to it. But I just thought this job might be too much for him. At the moment, you know, I'm glad to be proven wrong, but I, I'm not going to. Uh, get too excited yet uh what i wanted to ask justin about was was about uh soon to be 19 year old carney i just wanted to get the, the the uh luckily one of my close friends is a villa fan so he's already told me what he thought uh but i'd like to get your 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 thought about it because that's sort of there, there's a few mumblings i know you said earlier that regarding uh danny ings you didn't hear nothing but there was there was the odd little rumor that we was looking at him on Twitter, but at that time, we, it seemed like we was looking at everyone. Uh, yeah, and it sort of, it, to me, it came out of blue still, and 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 then he's sort of confessed to being a Chelsea supporter, which is it's always nice when a player signs. It's always the way, <laughs> isn't it, when they're, so, yeah, they're yeah. suddenly a fan of your club, that'd be all their life. Yeah. Robbie Keane was my favourite for that one. Every club <laughs> he went to, boyhood, boy, yeah, I was a boyhood fan of the club. Yeah. One of the best young kids I've ever seen come through wow. Villa Park in in the youth teams. Um, stood out at every level comfortably. Whenever I saw him play for the under, whatever it was in the England groups, fantastic. Brilliant for us when we won the, the Youth Cup as well. His biggest problem was his, his, his ego, in my opinion. Uh, I think his ego outshones his, shoes, outshones his talent. Um, whenever he did get a chance in the first team, he didn't really do anything. You know, for a lad that basically thinks, I mean, he, he he thinks he thought he should be playing for Barcelona. That's where he wanted to go. He thought that that once he turned oh, that down was the contract, other rumor, wasn't it? That they yeah, were he thought him, yeah. once once he turned down his contract at Villa, that Barcelona were going to swoop in and, and put him straight in their first team. Um, so I think he's got aspirations a little bit above his level. It's not to say he won't achieve that because he's an undoubted talent. Uh, but but. Uh, by all accounts, he's, he, 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 the advice was to leave Villa because he's going to get a move to a bigger club. I went to a Villa Trust meeting a few weeks ago and Christian Perslow was there and he spoke. I asked, I actually asked him about Carly Chukumaker. I said, what was the deal with it? He actually said he'd never worked harder in his life to sign a player to a contract than he did for Chukumaker for 12 months. Uh, he said the money wasn't the object. The money was phenomenal. We offered him length of contract wasn't a problem. He just decided he didn't want to play for Villa, whatever reason was. And he also said, now how much truth in this, and this was directly at Christian Perslow's mouth to me in a room full of people. He said the Chelsea thing happened very quickly. He didn't particularly want to go to London. 
but the offer was on the table. They took the money in the end because they realised he wasn't going to sign a new deal. I thought the money was good for his, for a player of his age, twenty odd million pound. I think it's great money for a player of his age with the amount of game time he'd had at Villa. He might bite us on the arse in ten years' time when he, you know, he turns into a world class player. But I think you've got to be very careful with him because I think his ego outshines his ability currently. Although he's a very talented footballer. Very, very interesting. That's massively brilliant insight there. Thank you, Justin, for that. Um, right, to wrap up, we need a score from you. I'm going to sit on the fence and say we're going to do a Man City tier and get a one-all. Yeah, that's, I don't think that's a bad shout. I should love to see the odds uh-huh. on that. Justin, as ever, you've been absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really, it's an absolute joy to have you back on. And I hope uh, when when are we when are you coming down to the bridge? Do you know uh... when it is? Probably be about I'm... March, April. I would have thought. Off the top of my head, I can tell you in a second. Um, I definitely want to come to a game and meet you. Yeah, well, that's what I was there. That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. funny enough. Chelsea, we have got you uh, Saturday the 1st of April. Oh, April Fool's Day. Delightful. April Fool's Day. What could uh, possibly go wrong? Currently, yeah. currently 3 o'clock on a Saturday, so we all know what's going to happen. It'll be half nine and then Monday night. Yeah, exactly. It won't be 3 o'clock on a Saturday. But, <laughs> I, I mean, look, let's hope they don't, you know, screw with the the, the kick off time too much because it would really be lovely to see you. And you come and see us, and we'll buy you a beer on us and have a Sounds good old chinwag. Because we never managed to meet at Edge Baston because you went on different days from me in the summer. Yes, I did. Yes, yeah, I know. unfortunately, I'm going to try. I'm trying to get Ashes tickets for next year for Headingley and for for Edge Baston. So maybe, yeah. maybe next year. Well, we've got me and my gang are, are, are trying to get as ticketed up as we can it's not easy but i'm, I'm, I'm it's de- not it's no. a nightmare i know and the, my mate who's organizing it is having a nightmare but i think i'm pretty certain to have tickets for the saturday and the sunday so and i've got uh, edge bastard yeah and we've got we've got an well, if you've got a spare go in then uh, well, you know yeah. where to... <laughs> i know well definitely but i mean either way hopefully you're there the same day as us and we can have a meet up and a drink there Excellent. as well which would be great and the final thing i wanted to say to you is well done for doing a sleep out up at Villa, because uh, thank you, Chelsea Sports Trust do one every year as well, um, and I and I have to say, you know, Cesar Aspiliqueta, take note at Villa, their captain goes round and spends two hours with you. We get none of that, none Joking. of that. He so, was fantastic, to yeah. be honest. He was he spent time with everybody. Oh, and also we've been we've been nominated for an FCA award as well, Fan Content Award on our podcast. Oh, really? So what were you up for? Uh, best new content creator so we're going up to Manchester in a month's time we've hit the shortlist so hopefully oh, you never know well look everybody out there uh, we, we I mean I've given up with all of that because basically we won it twice and then, then when oh. we then when the Anfield rap turned up for best podcast it was like thank you fuck off you know we got no, <laughs> we got nowhere near it. I mean I remember I went we got nominated on the shortlist again which we nearly always did and I just thought, oh, for fuck's sake, I can't be arsed with this, trying to get everybody to vote. You know, we've had our, we've had our moment in the sun. I'll just be happy with that. So, everybody, we're not in it. Go and vote for Justin's lot. That's the thing. <laughs> everybody who listens to this show, go and vote for... It's Up the Villa, isn't it? Up the Villa podcast, yeah. The I Villa think podcast. voting's closed now. Oh, but no. I, I, bugger. I appreciate it anyway. I do bugger. Well, anyway. look, good luck with that. And uh, remind everybody, where can we find your podcast? Yeah, YouTube, UTV podcast. Uh, we're on all usual outlets, Spotify and Apple and all that. Mm. But YouTube's the main place. You can see our ugly mugs yeah. on the telly. If you want to watch Villa, we'll be doing a, obviously a, pre- a match reaction after the game. I'm not actually going. I've got to work, unfortunately, yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Real shame. My brother's got COVID, so oh. I'll be working. Uh, but yeah, I'll be on the reaction. I'll be watching the game Great somehow. Stuff. And where do we find you on Twitter, Justin? 
Justin underscore AVFC underscore all capitals. Justin's a great follow if you want to find out about Villa, but also if you want to hear somebody moan and rant about cricket like I do. Although your boy Chris Wokes did very well, didn't he? Well, actually, we've had a bit of a scoop because I work in Sutton Coalfield and he came into my shop just before he went to Australia and uh, I had a chat with him and he's followed me on Twitter and he's coming on the pod during, during... We hope, hoping, fingers crossed, during the World Cup. How about that? Is he a Villa fan? He's a massive Villa fan, yeah. Him that? and Ian Bell. Well, yeah. well, well, fantastic stuff. There we go. That's impressive. You get They get they get their bloody captain come around to the sleep out. <laughs> they get Chris Works. To, what do we get? Two in two, in two. First two balls today in the T20 as well. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Justin, I know you'll enjoy that as I will. Um, And good luck on Sunday, apart from, obviously, I hope that we win. We win. Of course I do, but... Uh, Certainly for the rest of the season. Good luck. Lovely to see you, Thank and you. we'll see you back in April. Yes, definitely, guys. If not, uh, definitely before on the pod. If not, hopefully I'll come to the game and meet you all. Yeah, lovely stuff. Wonderful. We look forward to that. Okay, Justin, have a great weekend. Lovely to see you. Stay safe. Thanks, we'll guys. See you again soon. Speak to you again. Bye. Brilliant. There you go. The absolutely fantastic Justin Hawthorne from the uh, UTV up the villa. Oop the oop the. Vi- I can say it now. He's gone because I didn't wouldn't dream of doing a terrible Birmingham accent with a proper. Up the villa. Oop the villa. There you go. The That's villa. more like it. There we go. Up the Chelsea in a minute because it'll be uh, all about our little preview of the Aston Villa Chelsea match. Don't go away. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stafford Chidge. I've got on the show, as ever, the absolutely beautitious Jonathan Kidd. Beautitious, that word doesn't exist. It does too. I've just made it up. (laughs) Okay, okay. Does that mean I'm a beautician? No, you are lovely. You're, oh. you're a thing of beauty in your in your oh. very black, sinister uh, oh, kind yeah. of, you know, jumper yeah. tonight. So yes, Mr. Go. Bond, I'm going to have to kill you. You're very yeah. lively tonight as well. Have you been drinking coffee or something? Yeah, masses of it. Because, yeah. you know, quite often you're like, by this time of the night, you're like, I can see that, you know, the nodding out beginning. But you've been like, <laughs> you know, like, like fucking on, on crack or something. All these questions for Justin. It was brilliant. Oh, thank you. I think, uh, but I, yeah, uh, I, I, I've been listening to myself thinking I'm such a dull man. I need to be more in, more involved. So there's a, an element of that. I'm trying to... Uh, no, but also I'm, I'm infused by him. He's terrific. Yeah. Terrific guest. Fantastic. Yeah, he's a good lad, Justin. Top, top, top man. So it's easy to ask decent questions because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know I'm, a, I'm a football fan. I know I'm, obviously some teams one, one, one hates like dirty bastards leads, but um, there are other teams that one just, you know, I, you'd watch a player and you think, decent player you know i always thought matty cash te- played terribly well for them it is i think he's gone off the boil this season as most of them have so it's nice to i always look at players and think could they play for chelsea oh, is that yeah. aspect of it as well you know yeah, so, yeah exactly yeah. that and uh, of course we've got the absolutely lovely dane on the show so our gain with jk's uh loquaciousness is your loss tonight dane so <laughs> No, I'm only joking. Sorry, Dane. No, no, I've completely <laughs> guilt tripped JK in one fell swoop. Anybody would have thought I was a psychotherapist. Uh, but uh, some, some people would, but I wouldn't com- possibly comment. But uh, no, I'm only joking. Dane, really lovely to see you, man. As I said, it's been way too long. We've had such a, a, a we've had a real kind of went to Mo King's Meadow week, really, because we had Dino on on Monday. Now we've got you on on the Friday. It's brilliant to have you both on there. And also uh, seeing you doing such a great job on that as well. 
Thank you. Pleasure to be back. Yep, always good to see you, my friend. Right, time for uh, our little preview of the Villa Chelsea game. And as JK well knows, in fact, he alluded to it when we were talking to Justin. And uh, it's time for my little team selection. And I have gone. I've got a bit left field this week, JK. I'll tell you what I've gone for. I've basically decided that because we got we ain't got no uh, wing right wing back in uh, in uh, Race James because he's, he's injured. I've decided to dispense with the wing backs and uh, go four at the back. I've also gone four at the back because that's what he did when we played Wolves. So we know he, he likes to do that occasionally. I've gone three in midfield because Villa play three in midfield. So I've basically gone four three two one. Uh, to to kind of you know take account of all the other things that are going on that I've just described. So we've got Keppering goal, who by the way is looking really good at the moment, and I'm delighted to see that. We don't talk about that enough, but well done, Kepper. Uh, Aspilicueta is right back. Uh, Chaloba in the middle with Silver, which is a bit odd because Silver, of course, doesn't really like playing in the back four, so we're led to believe. But uh, I'd still pick Silver because he's bloody marvellous. And Cucurella. Uh, left back because I think that Potter thinks that he's probably better defensively than Chilwell. I happen to think Chilwell's good there and good as the wing back if he plays there. And I think he's a better wing back than Cucurella, but Cucurella as the left back. In midfield, Jorginho uh, with Mount on one side and Loftus Cheek on the other. So, you know, basically Jorginho's, you know, kind of holding, I suppose. But Mount can bomb up and down because we know he does that and he'll just buzz around everywhere, really. And Loftus Cheek will go up and down because he's good at doing that. And, of course, you'll have your numbers in there to match Villa's numbers. And then the two behind Aubameyang will be Pulisic and Sterling. Sterling, because he'll pick Sterling, I'm pretty sure of that. And I thought Pulisic did all right against Wolves and maybe got his confidence back with that goal. Um, and I think that, that it just it just strikes me as being a little bit more creative, potentially, uh, than having Havertz playing with Sterling uh, behind Aubameyang. And Aubameyang, well, I'd, I'd just like to see him start because I think he's a good striker and he'll score a goal. So there we go. That's my team and that's my reasoning, JK. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're into kind of sort of... Um, we haven't got a clue territory here because, you know, after the Wolves game, when we had the seven changes, what are the chances that he'll just have, you know, five changes or four changes or eight changes? Uh, I think he'll play, uh, well, it's a good question to think. I would like him to play um, Koulibaly and Silver together because I think Koulibaly is on the rise, actually. I think he's getting better and better. Do you think and he'll play three or four at the back? If he play, it doesn't matter. I still think he'll play. If he plays four, I still think he'll play silver and he play Koulibaly and silver. All right, plays silver on the right. So not not Trevo. No, no. Well, well or know, not no. Aspie because he could play Trevor as the right back. Indeed, indeed, great possibility. I'm just. Um, I, I thought I thought Aspie did very well against Wolves. You know, he still can't cross as we've established, but he wasn't. His legs didn't appear to go. And so that, perhaps... that's that's why I picked him because I thought, well, he played against Wolves in a four, so why yeah, not? Yeah, he did, and I think you're right, and I think he probably will play Cucurella. I think you're on the right lines here, Chidge. Um, uh, and yes, yes, Pulisic, um, Pulisic took his goal fantastically against Wolves. Really, really class class effort. But having missed three others, that was was sitters. So. Um, well, not sitters, something that he just he should have actually, you know, made the goalkeeper save it. Um, other than his one one long range shot, um, uh, I think he's more likely to play Kovacic instead of instead of Cheek, actually. Mm. Um, but once again, I'm farting in the wind, Chidge. I have absolutely no clue as to what team he will pick. I would like Koulibaly to play. I would like. Um, uh, I think Dave has to play because of anybody else. Um, I'm intrigued as if we hadn't offered Dave a 
uh, another contract who would actually be playing in that position um uh mount has to play because he's fabulous um at the moment really really top i think he off. builds the team around mount as you were saying yeah, earlier on i think you made a really good point there and he kind of more or less admitted that in the presser didn't he when he was yes, or the post-match yes. when he was talking about it yes 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 he's not um he's not slow at coming forward if he thinks the players played well abamyang is is uh selects himself and yet um he didn't play him against wolves did he he, nope. he gave him a rest he played or sterling um, or sterling either of them so mm. we're in we're in uh we're in haven't got a clue city yeah. um <laughs> I would, I would like Sterling to play. I'd like Aubameyang to play. I think Aubameyang's a class act. I think Sterling needs to play more to get used to playing with him. And just, you know, Sterling is clearly a class act, but at the moment he's taking too many touches. But he runs with the ball very well. Um, uh, Kovacic and Jorginho might play. I'm not sure about Cheek. And yet Cheek, when he plays well, apart from the guy who doesn't like me talking about Cheek. Cause I, uh, and, and, I know who that is. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I didn't at first. I didn't. He's yeah. a really old friend of ours and a very, 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 very top bloke. You know, you know Gaffer, you know Garfield, Gaffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's his yeah. brother Andrew out in Melbourne. It's, it's yeah. Andrew. Oh, right, 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 right. So right. there's a not a not a not a pinch of salt because I know we, that I know that Andrew means what he says and he he, yeah, yeah. he likes Cheek. I'm, I'm, I'm not being horrid about Cheek. I just I, I want him to but go up and have he's, a level. He's, he's coming know. after you, mate. On the next Q and A, he said he was so, coming after me. Can't, so I can't was, wait. <laughs> we've met. You remember because he was on the bench. Yeah, I know. No, he's brilliant. Lovely, lovely bloke. He was lovely. He was lovely. Yeah, but no, no, I'm not. I'm not disparaging about Cheek. I just want him to come up a level. I want him to come up even further. I want him to play as well as he played when he was a reserve. It's a bit like what, what Justin was talking about. Um, um, Carney. It mm. was uh, was that you know he 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 put all the all the reserve sides and the youngsters to the sword. And then he came up to the higher level. He's not quite been there. He's getting better. I just think he has great potential. I just would like him to be better. He doesn't immediately make me think. Yes, he's he's. I'd like him to be in a position like Mount. You go, yeah first on the team sheet i want that and at the moment i'm thinking i'd rather play kovacic mm. so that clearly in my mind means he's not quite there with it at the moment and similarly he has a terrific shot he needs to shoot on sight he keeps passing the ball across mm. the goal ah ah god um but yes, yeah, so Chidge, yeah, I, I, you know, your team is as, is as well. I think we, I think we established last week that I, what did you, what did you say? Um, not, not a clue, City. I think I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that is definitely where we're living with the dear old Potter in charge because he threw a curveball last week and he's just as likely to do it again. What do you, what do you think, Dane? Am I on the right track there, or what would you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm quite with you. Quite a lot of the team. I, I don't know if it was true. Did I hear Mount didn't train today? Oh fuck! Seriously. Yeah, you know when you you just where you browse, hear that from? Browse through Twitter, and I'm sure someone a couple of things said uh, Mason didn't train well, today. There's so nothing, I've, nothing, I've quick, in, nothing in the uh, presser about that. Well, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I quickly wrote down a team without Mount in it, and you know I take on board exactly what you've said about Potter friends and curveballs. So I'm trying to uh, throw a Potter curveball as well. Uh, so I've gone Kepa. Uh, Chaloba, Thiago Silva, Koulibaly and Cucurella as a back four. I think certain players he does like to rest uh, after a midweek game, but Thiago Silva doesn't seem to be want to be one of them. Aubameyang, I think he will rest him again and I think he'll start with Havertz. And I'm, I'm with I'm with uh, Loftus-Cheek next to Jorginho. I think uh, Kovacic died after about 65-70 minutes. It looked quite not, leggy. Not literally, people, just in case no, you're worried. No, not quite leggy. You know, some, some heavy touches gave the ball away a few times and I was surprised he actually stayed on. I agree with Pulisic. I think he will 
he will play. And I had a feeling uh, with Sterling behind and possibly Connor, Connor Gallagher, if, if Mason's not yeah, playing. Yeah, we've about Connor. I think he'll play instead of Mace. I think you're right. I also think, going back on it, I think he probably won't play Silver. I think because he didn't play him against Wolves. I think so. It might be Chalabar and Kulabali. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and then, then I'd have Dave in then, yeah, when Dave instead of Thiago Silva. I mean, what, what, I, what I would add, which I, I didn't obviously put on there, because we pick our, our, our um, you know, our, our starting eleven really is what we should call it. But of course, I think what we have to completely realise now is that this is not an 11-man game anymore. It's more like a 15-man mm. game. So, you know, whilst we might not start with Gallagher, he's pretty much guaranteed to come on. And I think you can say that about two or three others. Broyer, perhaps, is another likely starter. And yeah. if Havertz doesn't start, he'll probably come on. Because this yeah. is this is how the game's played now. And I think this is very much how Pot- Potter's making use. I mean, last last Monday, JK, we were saying we, we got so completely confused by how many subs were coming on, we thought it was a pre-season friendly because it was like I'd lost count. But he's no, making so- use of them, isn't he? If he'd said it at the time, there were 13 on the pitch, I wouldn't have been surprised. No, I, I was counting at various stages. I was worried about it. In fact, there was actually 13 on the pitch. I think he's been really smart as well, Potter. He knows he's got the new manager bounce. Players are going to want to try and impress yeah. for him. So he's using them all. With before Tuchel got into a system, yeah. you know, we saw Chilwell first, but it soon deemed that he preferred Alonso early on in, 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 in Tuchel's reign. And then he's stuck with like the same sort of nine players. I think Potter's been really smart at the moment. He's given lots of players a chance to shine. I think we'll see that again on Sunday. Yeah, well, you know, you know, earlier on, I said, uh, you know, what we're going to do with with James out for a while, with therefore we're weak in the wing back thing. You know, I said I had an idea. I've got a hunch. yes. Okay. Well, as you you reminded me because I'd completely forgotten about that, but uh, you, you reminded me when you said, you know, Tuchel got quite kind of stuck into the players he wanted to play. And, and actually pretty much of the system he wanted to play with wing backs that was it so when we lost Chilwell and we lost James we were we were suffering and I hate to say this in front of JK but Alonso is not as good a wing back as as Chilwell I agree okay Chil- and uh, well I know how much you love I know how much you love Marcus you know I I love his shots I love his I volleys I love that but he and wasn't I'm, as good as Chilwell obviously I watched Barcelona during the week and he's not given any opportunity to have a shot oh no they- why they banned him <laughs> <laughs> Should have been part him, of his contract. Playing him in a different way. Anyway, so look, we had we had you know we had either lower quality wing backs playing, or he was shoving people out there that that really aren't wing backs because he wouldn't let go of the idea that he wanted Chelsea to play with wing backs, and he was really rigid in that. Potter is not that animal, so I think what Potter will do is he will look at the players that he has at his disposal at any one time and he will play the system that suits them best. A bit like what something else you were saying, Dane, which is, you know, he plays players in the positions that they're best in. And funnily enough, he gets a tune out of them by doing that. So I think that's what he'll do. So I think that if we don't have the wing-backs to play that are good enough, he's not going to play wing-backs. That's what I think. 4-2-3-1, I think he'll yeah. play. Or 4-3-2-1, three, as I've done. Yeah, yeah. Or, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, but he could, he could exactly, he could do 4-2-3-1. He could Exactly that. You know, I, I've just gone for four, three, two, one because I personally like to match the opposition's midfield because I got sick and tired of seeing us being outrun and overrun in midfield when we played two to the other team's three. 
So that's why I would do mm. it. But, you know, it, you're right. It could easily be 4-2-3-1. Um, but as Jonathan so I like Connor's, Connor's energy would be good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, look, mate, I, Connor starts, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I absolutely love the boy. Although I, <laughs> I do think he, 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 he did, I don't think he, he had one of those games against uh, Milan where everything he tried didn't come off and you could see he was getting a bit frustrated by it. But it happens, you know, he'll be all right. He's a, he's a quality player. Right. Okay. So uh, we kind of had a really good chat with, uh, with Justin earlier on, didn't we? Uh, in terms of... Um, how Villa play and 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 uh, you know the, the the draw against City where they they play pretty well obviously um, that on paper they've got a threatening attack but it's not firing they're pretty hard to break down they don't concede many goals J.K. Um, one presumes they're still playing for Gerrard so it's a really I think this is quite a tough game to call actually. Um, because of all of those circumstances, I mean, if 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 they lose, Gerard could well get the sack. But I don't think it's because the players want him out, from what Justin was saying. So it's a really tough one one to call. I mean, what what's your guts on this? Three nil. Three nil. <laughs> there you go. Do you need to go for a wee or something? We'll be shutting up the show early. <laughs> you think we're going to win three nil? Yep, three nil. Yep, yep. Okay, why? Uh, we're much better than them. Because we're the Chelsea and we're the best. We're the Chelsea, so fuck all yeah, the Okay, yeah. good night, everybody. Fuck Been a great all. show. See you all next fuck week. All. <laughs> you know, we're Liverpool. We are Chelsea. We are the best. I tell you what, if we did win 3-0, that'd be three three on the bounce, wouldn't it, really, I suppose? Well, well, okay, we beat Milan 2-0, so it wouldn't. But uh, be an awful lot of 3-0s. That'd be good. I'd be very happy with that. Yeah, okay. Dane, what say you? How do you think it's going to go? In our predicts league, I predicted 3-1. Did you know? Yes, I, I can see them. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I like the 3-1. That usually comes in a lot for me. Uh, and I, I try to pull it out of the bag every every couple of weeks and I'm for an away fixture and it does work. So hopefully on Sunday it works again. Well, I mean, you know, I have to say, actually, I'm glad you've reminded me of this as well, uh, Dane. Um, you are officially the highest uh, ranked Chelsea fancaster in our Premier Predictions League because you are at currently at number number eleven. I teed you up for that, didn't I? <laughs> you did. You very well did. So you're you're top of our little group. The fancasters oh. are involved. Marco's second. He's in eighteenth spot. And I had a shocker last week, and I slipped down to thirtieth. Do you know I was in sixth place when it started? He was last above week. me. Yeah, I was in sixth place before it all kicked off. And I had a shocker, and I went down as low as thirtieth, which is crazy. Um, but there you go. I'm still third out of our little group. But well done you. I did mean to say that earlier, and I completely. Oh yeah, I've been really good. The only time I struggled is when, when, when I pre, uh, pre done results. When when I was going to LA, I, I did results for like two or three weeks, and I was awful. So I'm never going to do that again, luckily. Uh, and I'm, I just do it the night before, and I find that works for me. And well, whether I get, you get lucky or not, I suppose it is a bit weird. I mean, I I did. Canners didn't get back to me in time last week, so I did them for him. I got him more points than I got. <laughs> right and i did his literally in two minutes i just went blah, 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 blah. and i got him i got him more points than me so it's just it's mad but it's just brilliant at the same time so you're going three one yes jaco is going three nil um i've I'm, I'm going for two one i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like go against what i said in the in the predictions league but i'm gonna go two one and the reason for that is uh as jk knows i love a strange stat and the strange stat that i love this week as we know because i said it earlier is that uh, Aston Villa have conceded exactly once in five of their last six Premier League home games. 
So we know that they concede, but they don't concede many. So I, I mean, on the basis that they also score once, and in fact, here's another weird stat. Uh, where did, I forgot, I've lost it now. They basically always score at least a goal in every Premier League game, and they all and they nearly always concede at least a goal in their Premier League game. So on the basis that I think Chelsea will win because we're better, uh, I therefore have to go 2-1. So that's my logic involved in that. So there you go. What do you think, JK? Uh, yes, I like your logic, but I still think it'll be 3 0. I hope it is. <laughs> I hope it is. Apart from the fact I'll lose points in the Premier League uh, predictions, but I'd still be happy because Chelsea will win. So there you go. Um, let's hope it is. You're, you're going on Sunday, yeah? I is. Yeah, going on your Todd or you're going on with mates? I'm going with mates. Lovely stuff. Well, look, have a, have a great trip up there, mate. Uh, Dane, I presume you like me. You're going to have to watch it on the old goggle box this weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not going. No, I haven't actually. I haven't been to a game this season yet. I really mucked up. I'm still obviously season to colder, but I uh, it's just, things have been terribly getting in the way. Would it be work or, or or my attempt at a social life or, or or just weekends away would it be stag do's or holidays. And I, I thought my first game would be up and coming uh, match against Manchester United, but I've just found out that I, I obviously got told. Can't remember being told, but there was a family do going on, so I've had to quickly go into our little whatsapp group and get rid of those tickets and yeah it's been a bit of a nightmare start for me and i can't see me getting there before this side of the world cup we need to get you there before that um all right um very quick uh kind of announcement to make um officially because i know i told a few people and i put it on twitter but uh, we are doing another chelsea fancast and the troubadour present an afternoon with pat nevin we Pat is our next guest on our little events that we do with the Troubadour once a month uh, at their fabulous, fabulous venue in Old Brompton Street. I mean, it's a great little club. And we get the we get the kind of the basement room, and there's enough for fifty people there. It's small and intimate, which I like because that means that if you do come along, you'll get a very good chance of being able to ask Pat a question and have a have a chat with him afterwards and meet him, get your stuff signed, and all of that, which is what it's all about. So uh, we're doing it on the sixth of November, which conveniently happens to be um, after the Arsenal game because we're playing Arsenal at midday on the Sunday, the 6th of November. And uh, we are opening, we're open for business at the Troubadour at 3.30. Although I think our doors open at 3.30, but you can get there earlier if you want to um, because it's open all day, obviously, and you can have a drink and something to eat in there too. Uh, But we're kicking off at 3.30. Tickets are, like last time, 20 poons. And uh, they are available at TicketWeb, www.ticketweb.uk. Um, and it should be a cracker because the one we did with Kerry, Jonathan, was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? It was brilliant. He was brilliant. And it was uh, intimate and lovely. And he was great. And I'm sure Pat will be just as good. So uh, um, looking forward to it immensely. I don't doubt that for a minute. I mean, I'm going to do it in a slightly different way. I mean, you know, I said we'll do a fan cast and review of the arsenal game but i i i don't know it could just be me being a bit bashful but i don't think that works very well but we'll you and me and pat you know we you can you and i can talk to pat about the game but i think it works better when the people are there get to ask questions rather than us doing a fan cast i agree but we can sit there with pat just kind of gurning at him saying i love you pat yes exactly we'll do we'll do that (laughs) but i'm gonna say to him i hate you for leaving to go to oh yeah I told I him, I, yeah, I've done, I did. Yeah. I hated him. Yeah, I did an interview. I've done a few interviews with Pat, luckily, but I remember in one of them, I suddenly said, "Pat, I cried when you left," 
And he said, oh, being very kind. He said, oh, it was a, it's a shame. Little little boys at the football. I said, mate, I was in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I did. Um, but yeah, I... yeah. So me, me and Jonathan will flank Pat Nevin and uh, we will uh, getting be getting you to ask questions about the Arsenal game. We'll have a little chat with him about that. Then we throw it open as a big live Q&A so you can ask him whatever you want. He's brilliant, very entertaining, very erudite, of course. And he'll talk about anything. He's an absolute diamond, is we, Pat. So don't miss it. 6th of November... 20 quid a ticket at the Troubadour. We'd love to see you too, actually, because we can have a chat and a drink with you too. We don't often get the chance to do that. So it's a, it's a really good excuse to get together with a few of us, have a few drinks, and then hear from somebody far more interesting than us, really, JK, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's kind of the size of it. That's not difficult. Not difficult. Not difficult, but very good. Right, that, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for this particular Friday. It's all, as always, it's been great fun. Um, loved having Justin on the show. Always great to see JK and, of course, Dane, who we don't see enough of. So there you go. Now, JK, Mark, Meehan and I will be back on Monday for the main Chelsea Fancast show, which, of course, will be 7 o'clock uh, on the Monday. And we'll be looking back at the Min- uh, Villa match and, of course, we'll be looking ahead to the match against Brentford, which is on Wednesday evening. The games are coming thick and fast, as they always do. Uh, Dane, great to see you, mate. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Oh, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to come back on, especially, you know, for so long where I haven't seen you and JK. Mm. And if you don't mind, I'd just like to try and sell this uh, Kings Meadow Chronicle that Dean has has started off quickly. You know, it's a Chelsea FC women's fanzine, similar to the one that, you know, you write for, Chidge, you know, the only a pound CFC UK. I think it's going to be available for tomorrow to buy online. uh, And you can get that off my head, www.kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. I think .com and you can uh, get a PDF format for a pound. Or if you actually go to the games at Kings Meadow in Kingston, you know, uh, Dean or possibly others might be selling them outside the ground for, uh, I think for a pound or two pounds. Two, I think two pound if it's posted outside, it'll be a pound, but it's, it's hopefully, hopefully it'll be a successful thing because you've got some talented writers. Who's, who want who's to writing watch. for it? Uh, well, me, Dean. Oh, uh, I noticed. Uh, I haven't. I haven't noticed. I haven't got been sent via the first edition yet. But off my head, I know uh, Clayton's been writing in it, and uh, obviously me and Dean and, and and quite a few others. But once I get that first edition, I'll be able to obviously celebrate it and announce it and advertise it even more. Good. Okay. Well, you heard the man. Go out and buy it if you go into the women's game. J.K. Great to see you, mate. As always. Great to be on the show. Justin was wonderful. Wasn't Dane's he? been wonderful. Yeah. You've been wonderful. I've been. No, you've been great tonight. I was going to say, are you going to give me that box of milk tray now? <laughs> uh, uh, what other things did I say that he uh, he could be doing dressed like this? Mr. Bond. Yes, James Who? Bond. Who are we talking about now? You or? Me, me, you, you, me, you. me, yeah. me. No, Potter. Potter. Potter could be, be doing dress like that could do mine oh, yeah. i could do mine oh indeed you're absolutely right yeah. that's exactly marcel marcel yeah. absolutely yeah. right yeah. going down the stairs behind yeah. the sofa yeah, yeah. looking go. in a basement well yeah, thank you metaphorically we're all going to have to go down the stairs behind the sofa now because it's time for me to go and get some chow and uh, then collapse in a in a end of the week heap possibly surrounded <laughs> by a few empty beer bottles uh, but it's been great to see you, JK. As always, mate, I'm looking forward to Monday already. Enjoy yourself on Sunday. Stay safe. Enjoy the game. I hope you don't get patted on the head too hard by the Ute. If we score, I'm bound to be patted. Oh, no, We're trying to work out why this was happening. Because they I love think... you, mate. 
Well, no, because it's it's the fact that I say things like, you know, um, it's the passion. Come on, say, Chelsea, up the blue boys. Exactly. I know, funny enough, I, I, I say well played a lot. And I keep thinking, I think I'm the only person saying well played. Well played, sir. So well I do, I say, played. I say, I say well Surely played. good. Well, yeah, oh, come on. And I go, oh, oh, ah, girl, for fuck's sake. Oh, it's a corner. Oh, it's a corner. Funny enough, it's very like that. Yeah, it is. I know. Exactly. There and you can see them thinking, oh, this bloke's all right, isn't he? You know, then they grab me and then. Bounce me up and down and pat me on the there head. You go. You know? Yeah, you're like that. You're like, <laughs> like their mascot. Anyway, yeah. look, enjoy the game, mate. I'm sure you will. Uh, you lot out there, as always, thank you so much for listening. It's a real delight that you do. Uh, we will see you on Monday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.